The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, it's official. We're going to win the fucking league. (laughs) (laughs) For once, we're actually recording a podcast in fairly good spirits. We're recording after our magnificent 2-1 victory against Everton at St. James's Park. Discuss. Much, much, much better. Playing with the football, not lumping it forward, trying to control it. Bruce must be listening. I'm proud. Yeah. I'm telling you, honestly, we mention it when we when we speak to Ben later on. But yeah, he's obviously been listening to our podcast. We called out for a few more passes being strung together, a bit more possession, play it forward, play it along the ground, press high up the pitch, make them make mistakes. Then you can burst with the counter. And what's Stevie done? He's listened to us, man. Honestly, if Newcastle United are looking for joint managers, Will okay. Gray and Hodge, <laughs> Will Gray and Hodge, we're your boys, man. <laughs> we'll get on the new odds like when they always have Ant and Deck for the next Newcastle manager there'll be us three <laughs> Adi Power <laughs> we'll be like um, did you ever watch that class of 92 when they were following Salford and they had those two joint managers I've I've never seen it to be fair no oh I recommend it if, you, uh, if you've not seen it definitely watch class of 92 bit of a sidetrack let's, let's move on but yes I think if there was a much improved award then begrudgingly probably have to give it to Stevie Bruce this week changed up the tactics same team other than uh we have swapped out ryan fraser ryan fraser was demoted to the bench and then sean longstaff came in which i think really added something to the team this week mm-hmm. i think uh longstaff dictated the play quite well he spread it about distribution was good and he got himself in quite dangerous positions do you think longstaff had an influence in the way we played as opposed to just hoofing the ball up up top do you reckon he dictated the game a little bit more yes I do. I definitely do. I could see a marked uh, improvement and difference, actually. Uh, even his set pieces were really good. Like, I'm used to us just giving away possession um, when we play a set piece, but it was much better. A bit more inventive this week as well. So, yeah, quite quite impressed with Sean this week. I think quite a lot of people really stepped the game up. Well, Murphy's played well the last two games. Almiron was pressing mad today. He basically ran, him, ran himself until he couldn't run no more today. That's why he got subbed off, I think. It was a, yeah, I, th- I think just all, all round, like the whole press, the whole idea of the game, there was everyone was on the same page, which just made it so much better. Yeah, it's good to watch for once. And like, uh, not a boring a shite one. against Wolves and Spurs. Oh my God, I couldn't go through that again, man. I was uh, quite hesitant going into this game. Um, first goal comes as Callum Wilson is fouled in the box. Should have had a goal earlier with Sam Maximan. Oh, yeah. ASM. Oh, yeah. My God. Not sure he's not scored there. Did the keeper save it with his face? It looked like it from it's the. That's shoulder, wasn't it? Mm. To be fair, he, he uh, went to chip him, didn't he? I think he tried yeah. to chip him, yeah. But he was stayed up quite well. And to be fair to him, he, yeah, the keeper I thought was Everton's man of the match. He kept them in the game. Like a save off Longstaff as well. I know. Yeah, we didn't have an opportunity to uh, to jip Jordan Pickford, really. Carlo Ancelotti deprived us of that. Why do you think they dropped him other than his... Do you think 
<laughs> I mean, that's a question. But is it is it form? Because he's not been dropped for a game since he joined, and he has been through bad patches of form. So is it because they're playing us specifically? Because before the game, when Ancelotti announced that Olsen was starting goal, he said immediately that Pickford would be back next week. So do you think it's just the Newcastle factor or what? I think he just needed a, a, a break for us. I think his form has dropped and I think he's just lost his head a little bit. And I think to throw him in the deep end against Newcastle, obviously famously being a Sunderland product, big fan of Sunderland, I think... Uh, who knows, he could have made a, a similar rash challenge to what he did against Liverpool and Van Dijk. And who knows, this time he could have seen red. And I think that would have been a bigger loss for Everton than, than anything else. Yeah, I definitely think he would have probably tried too hard to try and get back on track. And that's probably why he's um, he's been left out just for that, that pure decision. But... Is I think they should really give that kid who was in goal today a little bit more. Like he actually did. I like what Gray said. Man of the match for Everton. I thought uh, definitely kept them in the game when they were looking a bit weak at sometimes. So I'd, I, I think Ancelotti's got a big, big little problem there. Um, a big little problem. A big little problem. A bit of a big, <laughs> a bit of a big problem is what I meant to come up with. That's I think an unfair time for Everton because. Everton's just Everton, isn't it? It's a Newcastle United podcast, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, we look forward then. We look forward to Southampton on Friday. How do we how are we feeling about that on the back of the Everton result? Quite confident, I think, judging by our predictions later on. I think we're all reasonably confident. And I think uh, (laughs) I think whether it's just taking a little bit of time for Bruce and the new formation through at the back to settle in. I think it's coming we were unlucky possibly to concede a goal, a couple of mistakes. Once it settles, I think uh, clean sheets will start coming. So I think, yeah, the only way is up from here. Whether that's just for me being overly optimistic after a good result today, who knows, but time will tell. Mind you, we, we look at the result, we look at 2-1, and we look at three points on the board, but by God, did we have a flap in injury time. Oh, yeah. When Calvert-Lewin stepped up and poked that one home. Do we think uh, Fernandez should have been doing better in that 100%. situation? Do we think Darlow should be doing better? Or where, where do you think... What's the fault there? Fernandez switched off and Calvert-Lewin pounced on it. He'd committed his run all the way through, knew what was happening. Fernandez took his eye off the ball for one minute, but you can't do that in the Premier League. Apart from that, I think he had a very solid game, but I think that's why we marked him down yeah. in the um, ratings. In the ratings, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's a good point, Gray. I think defence is looking a lot better at the minute and that gives you a bit of confidence to go forward, I guess, if you build out from the back. So we, through speaking to Ben from Turtle Saints podcast later, we kind of, I think Danny Ings is going to be a bit of a maybe, um, which is kind of music to our ears. We obviously benefited from a few players being out today against Everton. Let's hope it can be the same kind of situation on Friday. I hope our defence is firing because Southampton have yet failed to score a goal in a game this season. And they've scored. They've yeah, put mad, four past Villa. They've put three past Chelsea. They've put two past Spurs. Two past well, Everton, actually, as well. Last week. Talking about flaps, Southampton nearly had a flap to uh, to trump ours, or they they must have done because they were four nil up at one stage and they finished the game four three. I think a few goals in injury time for Aston Villa maybe shows a few defensive frailties, or I don't know. Um, Maybe attention drops off towards the back end of the game. Uh, I don't know, but I think there's there's opportunities. I'd love to know. You say they've scored in every game. Have they conceded in every single game? What what their clean What's their clean sheet record like? So their last clean sheet was against Everton, which was their last game, and then they conceded three to Chelsea, but then kept a clean sheet against West Brom, then against Burnley, 
and then they conceded five against Spurs in the first game of the season. Uh, sorry, second game of the season. And they lost okay, so a bit of a mixed game. bag then. Not not necessarily any trends of or defensive trends or. They seem to be, they seem to be shutting out the teams that they should be shutting out, but they seem to be still conceding but scoring against the higher higher ranked teams such as Chelsea and Spurs and Newcastle, hopefully, and hopefully Newcastle. Yeah. Anyone we're particularly worried about from a Southampton perspective? Ward Prowse, I would say. Very good, technically gifted uh, player, whipping crosses in and free kicks, set players, things like that. They've got a solid-ish back line, I think, as well. But I think having Ings out is going to be a, an absolute godsend. What do you think, Ray? Mm. Yeah, well, I think if Ings is fit, then obviously he's going to be the one to watch. But like you say, I think uh, Ward Prowse is realising his potential. I think he has done last season as well. He's definitely a great player. So I think, yeah, he's definitely going to be one to watch. Are there any tweaks or changes you'd make to the start and lineup for for Newcastle? Um, I think the formation. I'm actually kind of okay with it at the minute. But are there any personnel changes you'd make ahead of ahead of the Southampton game? I'd like to see us try and get ASM into the game a little bit more. I think he's gone missing a little bit in his new role. I think in his do whatever you want role. Pretty much, yeah. I think if he wants to play that free role, he's far better picking up a position out wide and trying to beat men. Ooh. So it could be it could be an argument of actually, you know what, we could possibly strengthen the team a little bit by potentially dropping him and bringing in someone else. Probably Who a very controversial thing to say. I quite like to see Almiron playing off Wilson and then who do you bring in though? Well that's that's it. I think like I say, I think Almiron would probably be better suited to ASM's role Number at the ten minute, and then position. probably bring in someone like Hayden to solidify that midfield a little bit more and possibly push Hendricks on slightly. Okay. Good work. Yeah, it might sound controversial. So maybe, maybe maybe he's trying to use ASM as more of an Adama Traore type of thing that Wolves do. They bring him on with Impact about 25, so. 30 to go on tired leg, uh, play against tired legs against the uh, left back and right back. Is that what you're thinking of? Or? Well, I think, yeah, uh, I think we touched on it in the world's podcast but these guys are professional footballers there should be no such thing as tired legs after 60 minutes or so <laughs> and yeah i don't see why not he he brings a different dynamic i think i might be being a bit harsh on him but i think it could give us a bit more fire a bit more excitement when he comes on with say half an hour 20 to go and i think mm. he'd be more he'd give it everything i think he's trying a little bit too much at times uh, i think it was seen today he tried a few too many dribbles at the wrong time and he had these simple passes on and he ended up losing the ball and everything counted so whether he's just yeah struggling a little bit to settle in there who knows but... it's all change isn't it but there's a controversial headline for the uh, for the podcast gray reckons alan saint maxima should be dropped Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're inviting, the, you're inv- <laughs> inviting the wrath of fucking Newcastle fans there, I reckon. But yeah, maybe that's what's needed. Maybe to give him a kick up the arse. I think Hodge, maybe you said it, or I can't remember who said it, but bringing Hayden back into the fold is required and necessary, I think. If we're playing the Newcastle United Twitter page, put the actual formation up on, on, uh, on Twitter earlier before the game, and it's obviously five at the back. Um, you've got a, a, a three in midfield, central midfielders, so two next to each other and one slightly ahead. I think that one slightly ahead today was Almiron. And then you've got, today it was Sam Maximan playing just off Wilson. So 
the two sitting next to each other, I'd maybe even have Hendrick and Hayden with Longstaff in that slightly more advanced central midfield role. And then I'd probably have Almiron playing just off Wilson, just to try that out. And then, as you said, have the luxury of being able to bring Alain Saint-Maximin on in the later stages of the game if you need something happening. What do you think? That's pretty much, yeah, well, exactly what I was I was thinking. And I think also the, the luxury of bringing ASM on is it Bruce has said himself, he's not one for tactics, but it does give you the luxury of being able to change <laughs> the formation and being able to put two, two men out wide quite easily. Whether he or Bruce would recognise that or not is anyone's guess, but I think there is a good opportunity there to, to mix things up when we are looking to be a bit more creative. Yes, and on another note, um, big ups to Jacob Murphy, who Absolutely. seems to be carrying on his uh, his good form. I say good form. It's been two games, but really interesting to see him progress in that right wing back position. Enjoying him at the minute. I think he really offers something. He gives a bit of drive. Uh, he looks dangerous on that right hand side. Um, and hopefully this is the, the beginning of something that can be quite good. Actually did quite well defending as well, not just going forward, so all-round performance from him. I think, yeah, we've all been impressed by him. And I just think his attitude as well, just hearing what he's been saying, the fact that he's he's learned a lot from being out on loan, and just it sounds like he's just got the desire to play. He's researching his opponents, trying watching players who are playing in the same position as him, trying to study off them and try to implement certain things into his own game. And I, I really like hearing that in a player. He's certainly the type of player we want and who's willing to try and progress and help the club mm-hmm. yes and to touch on it before we go into the, the the Southampton game as well that's now I think six goals in seven games for Callum Wilson it just shows you kind of a sign of the times that it took us 24 matches last season for our top scorer to get to six goals that was uh, John Joe Shelby so an immediate improvement on that front and let's hope he can carry on his form god he's one sexy man isn't he I fucking love <laughs> Callum Wilson man. honestly he's He's the fucking Don. But yeah, I think that's probably uh, enough from us. Yeah, I think that'd be a good opportunity for us to go straight into our opposition review with Ben from Total Saints Podcast. Enjoy! It's the goal of Newcastle. It's the goal of Newcastle. Lo hizo again, lo hizo again, lo hizo again. All right, then, we've got Southampton coming up on Friday. And for this week's opposition review, we're very pleased to be joined by Ben from Total Saints Podcast. Ben, how are you doing? Not too bad, thanks, Will. Yeah, I think we were just talking off air there, weren't we? It's probably a good time to catch up. Southampton seemed to be doing well, so did Newcastle, so I'm sure spirits on this pod are high. I know, what the hell's going on? Southampton, what are you up to? Third place, but just on goal difference. What is going on in the world of football at the minute? You must be uh, you must be chuffed. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too carried away, but I'm looking at it joint second <laughs> at the moment, Will, actually. So if, if you can just get the stats right, if that's all right. So, uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been crazy. I mean, we lost our first two games of the season. The, the whole world would have seen us uh, try to play a high line against Spurs and get absolutely destroyed. Two games in, you're at bottom of the league. Uh, you, you're thinking it's a long way to go. Yeah, here we are a month later and... Uh, Officially in the title race now. It's mad, yeah. Champions League coming your way. <laughs> Quite a turn of fate for you guys. So obviously you start the season with, with two losses. Do you think that's just the opposition you came up against? Or what's the cause of the turn of fate there? Yeah, I think um, I've supported Saints now. Well, I worked out the other day, this is my 34th season, Will, and uh, they've started slow in all 34 of those. So it's nothing new, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they, they always take a little while to get going. It's normally about November time when they finally realise that they've got four points from 10 games and they need to pull their fingers out. So the positive, I guess, of Corona viruses this year is that November is going to come a lot a little bit earlier in the season but uh, joking aside I mean yeah he, he tried to innovate a little bit too quickly I think Ralph we uh, we've obviously got Bertrand and Walker Peters who he signed in the the summer as uh, sort of you know attacking wingbacks and I think he felt that 
with them in the side now, he could try and push forward a lot easier and maybe play a higher line. And obviously Spurs really exploited that. And I think uh, that was the second game we lost, having lost at Palace on the opening day. And I think he probably realised that we needed to just drop a little bit deeper and start going back to thinking about defending first rather than attacking. And uh, it's it's helped. I mean, we've obviously kept, I think, uh, three clean sheets since then, Burnley, West Brom and uh, Everton last week. So um, tightened up at the back. And as, as we all know with the cliches in football, if you can keep clean sheets one end and you know, you've got a much better chance of scoring and winning games at the other. Bit jealous at the minute. I think you're what, your last five games is win, win, draw, win, win. Something um, like that, yeah. Hoping we can maybe book that trend on Friday. Obviously, we're coming off the back of a, a phenomenal win against mm. Everton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit nervous at the end there. Uh, <laughs> I thought they were going to do to. I thought they were going to do to us what we did to them last year and get those two injury time goals. But yeah. thankfully, thankfully, I was right with my prediction of two one to the tune, and uh, all is rosy. You must have a little bit nervous <laughs> yourselves in the I was last few say, minutes. You, 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 were, you, you guys were worried. We were four 0 off at one stage and suddenly it was 4-3 but uh, yeah I mean uh, you know, no, 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 as I say I'm sure you guys will know as Newcastle fans it's much the same support in Southampton is never easy I started with long hair about 30 years ago and it's uh, barely anything left now but uh, yeah I mean it's uh, I think the thing with Saints is um, you know they are they, they they enjoy going forward and you know to be fair to them they had a, a couple of injuries obviously Bertrand went off and then Danny Ings went off and they, they bought on players that maybe hadn't featured too much Shane Long Jack Stevens the last few weeks you know he's had a very settled side so um, and to be fair to Villa, I think, you know, we would all agree as neutrals, wouldn't we? Villa look a, a very good side going forward this uh, season. I think we had four shots on goal at Villa and scored four goals, which, uh, again, is unlike the Saints of uh, yesteryear. So probably all just came together. And the most important thing is they held on for the win. And as you say, it kind of keeps that unbeaten run going. It's five games now. We seem to be in a bit of a cycle. I mentioned it in our last podcast, but like we, we'll just go. So we start the season off with a 2-0 win against West Ham. Then we went through a really shit patch of form. And then we got a good result against Burnley. And then it was really shit, and now we've come through with another uh, with another decent result today. So I think if we follow that trend, you, you're probably going to be in luck on Friday. Hodge, I think you've got a question. Yeah, I was just going to say, obviously, you, you start the season's really good. How long do you reckon you're going to be able to hold it? I'm just kind of looking at the fixes ahead. Obviously, you have us next little break, and then you have Wolves, which might be a tricky fixture for you guys. So what do you, what do you guys think? I think the problem with us, Hodge, is that um, we've got a very um, small squad. Yeah, we've got 25 players in it, but actually he's probably got 16 or 17 senior players that he really trusts. Um, you know, again, at the time of recording, we don't know how serious Danny in- Ings' injury is going to be. Of course, we're all keeping our fingers crossed for that. The same with Bertrand. So suddenly, if you lose two, three, four players out of that starting 11, you know, you're bringing in players, as I said, that maybe haven't played and, and aren't necessarily the same quality. And then, of course, that's when the the challenge comes along. So again, we were joking, weren't we, before we started that, you know, we're looking at it, 27 points to stay up. That's still, I'm sure the mentality of Saints, let's try and get to 40 points as quickly as we can. Um, of course, it's a good, you know, omen at the moment. Incredibly, if we beat you by any score on Friday, we'll go top of the league, which I don't think's ever happened in our Premier League history. So there's plenty of motivation there. So we probably should just enjoy it while we can. And uh, hopefully, the, uh, you, you know, if we do win, the title can be awarded next week and we can all go off and uh, go into lockdown and no one will ever uh, forget it, will they? I'm a bit conflicted on the, the Danny Ings thing. So on one side of me thinks, please don't be injured for the sake of my fantasy football team. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm thinking, please, yeah, even if it's just a week, 
We'll just like you to be out for one week so you don't have to come up against our defence. He seems to be carrying on his form from the back end of last season. Are you guys pleased with, with Ings? Do you think he's hitting the same kind of levels that he was last year? or is he- Yeah, t- totally. I, I think um, you know he's a complete forward these days. I mean, he's not in the same calibre necessarily as, as Harry Kane because Harry Kane is someone who's done it over you know, what, 10 years in the Premier League, something like that. But he's had a really, really good 18 months. Um, you know, he tracks back, he, he comes um, short for the ball, he can hold it up, he can create goals like he did against Everton last week, creating both the goals. He's obviously scored another brilliant goal at Aston Villa. So um, there's so much more to his game than just sort of being in and around the six-yard box and putting the ball in the net. I suppose the issue is, and, and you know, I know joking aside, he's someone who's had two really, really serious injuries. And as a Saints fan, and, you know, he's a local lad as well, it's just been great to see him back playing at the top level with a smile on his face so as I say at time of recording we don't know how serious the injury is and, and you don't want him to have to go through another potential six nine month layoff I don't think fingers crossed it looked that bad he was walking off at the end of the game and things like that but uh, as you say from a footballing point of view you want to see players like that you know the Premier League is, is renowned for having the best players in the world isn't it and at the moment I'm not saying mm. he's one of the best players in the world but he's certainly one of the best players in the Premier League. You've got quite a lot of English players in your team as well. Hopefully quite a lot of trying to push towards getting in the England team. I know that James Ward-Prowse is getting there and thereabouts. Do you reckon Ings will be getting back in or maybe there might be a call-up for someone like Che Adams um, or even Alex McCarthy in the future? I think it's a bit early for Shea Adams. Um, he, again, he is a young lad. He's obviously developing his game. He's he's sort of been a little bit peaks and troughs during his time with Saints. But again, you know, he's had a good sort of last six months in, in terms of footballing. Ings has obviously been in the last couple of squads. Of course, he played in Iceland and then uh, scored his first goal against Wales. So again, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, hopefully injury won't rule him out of uh, this set of games. Although from a Saints point of view, like you were saying about the fantasy team there, maybe it'll be good for us to have uh, the international break and get him fit, hopefully. But in terms of Alex McCarthy, I think that's an interesting one isn't it I mean Pickford, uh, Pickford was obviously dropped against you guys it's today um, you know, yeah, is that yeah I, I think we, we all agree with that we don't like him I can't begin to imagine why but yeah um, from a, a you know a, a Nick Pope point of view as well again you know he's a solid keeper probably is number one at the moment but hasn't had a brilliant season so I, I wouldn't say Alex McCarthy is necessarily in with a shout of getting back in the squad I, I think he's obviously latter 20s now so I think Southgate tends to prefer sort of younger players and, and bringing them in doesn't he so we'll see but I, I think going back to your point it's just great you know Nathan Redmond and James Ward-Prowse and players like that there's five or six players that probably are giving Southgate something to think about whereas 18 months ago we probably didn't have any yeah I think Walker Peters has been a great addition for you guys as well mm. I, I kind of do rate him like you know it was a good signing for us and obviously it worked out well because uh, Spurs wanted our captain Pierre Mohoyberg so Saints were kind of able to well you give us that and we'll give you that and all that sort of thing kind of work out a deal that worked for both parties but we're quite light in fullback situation as I say Bertrand's obviously got a niggle you know we don't know if he's going to be fit I think it was his hamstrings so you know you're then looking at young lads or someone having to fill in so we are still quite light at fullback but you're right when they're both on their game um, Bertrand and Walker Peters are, are exciting for us. This is all kind of music to our to our ears a little bit, hearing about poten- potential injuries and players missing. Like, I think we're quite fortunate today in that Everton were like significantly weakened with the, the loss of I say the loss makes it sound like they're dead. The um, <laughs> the, the omission the omission of uh, Richarlison, Dinia, and uh, Rodriguez. So. Mm. It sounds like, from what you're saying, Danny Ings might be a doubt. Uh, Bertrand might be a doubt. Who is there? Anyone else on the list at long-term injuries or uh, players that will, might be missing for the game on Friday? Yeah, touch wood. At the moment, I don't think there is. There were two other players that didn't play today: Musa Gineppo and uh, Mohamed Salasu, who's our centre-back that we signed in the summer. He's not actually kicked a ball yet, but uh, uh, in anger that is. So uh, he's he's been sort of building up his fitness. So touch wood, 
at the moment there's not but um you know i, I suppose I, I think i was looking at this because we're we're obviously um you know we did our pod as well i think we've not beaten newcastle in our last six attempts either so you know from a saints point of view it's, it's kind of echoing what you guys are saying that uh Maybe, um, you know, maybe we owe you one. Maybe now is the time for Saints to try and put that right. But it'll be a tricky, tricky game when I think, you know, from our point of view, you're looking at Sam Maxim, uh, Almoron, Wilson, Fraser. I mean, there's so much counter-attacking pace there, which is obviously built to play away from home a lot, isn't it, against teams that attack them. So I think Saints will be well aware that Newcastle offer a threat. Yeah, I think uh, you just kind of pointed out a few players there for Newcastle. It'd be really interesting to actually get your thoughts on what you think of a current Newcastle squad and where you see our kind of our biggest threat if that, that is the counter attack or whether you actually think where a team need to look out for on the ball. Yeah, I mean I, I think um Newcastle are always a, a club, you know, I'm old enough to remember the nineties and things like that as well. And you know, you know, your great days in Europe and Shearer scoring loads of goals. I mean Newcastle were a great team to watch and I think always as a neutral they've always been exciting. I've been to St James's Park a few times and still recovering from those flights of stairs like most away fans but uh, you know it's uh, it's it's always a good place to go I mean it's a great city for a day out for a game of football and things like that as well you know even as a, an away side so it's it's good to see Newcastle doing well I mean I, I think you know again I'm sure they can be more exciting on the pitch I've no doubts you guys know a lot more about that than I do but last season for example I mean you never really looked in any danger of going down did you you were more than comfortable um, I think you finished what 40 points or some 44 points was it something like that so um, you know it's 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 a side that is obviously a evolving I mean again I think I was quite surprised when Bruce got the job initially um, but he seems to have done okay again as an outsider looking in and pushed them on a bit so definitely there I mean you, you know they are as they always have been a, a sound Premier League side that on their day can beat anyone um, and again you know even this season from watching you guys at the likes of Spurs Wolves you know didn't play particularly well but still picked up something and that's probably the sign of a, a team that's you know heading in the right direction. <laughs> You've yeah, been so polite. You're... Painful to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't say they weren't painful to watch. But yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say you, you're being polite, Ben. Uh, sometimes the, the, the football psychology. on the pitch. <laughs> it's been absolutely shite but as you say like the results have been coming in it's mm. it's really interesting to get an outsider's perspective or as you say someone from the outside looking in because we are really frustrated at the minute with the style of football and people might think that's unfair and you know stevie bruce objectively subjectively whichever one it is might be doing quite a good job i mean it's probably one of the best starts the premier league season we've had in a long time we're mm. up to 11th now i think mm-hmm. which is okay it's steady it's okay stevie bruce if he said you can have 10th or 11th you probably snap your hand off yep. and take it now but yeah some of the football on the pitch has just been absolutely dire it's a bit of a change this week we were saying on our podcast last week that we need to be stringing passes together a bit better we need to be going forward, need to be pressing high up the pitch. I think Stevie Bruce might have actually been listening to that episode, <laughs> obviously. So we'll take all the credit because that's we, we seem to turn that on a little bit today. And I don't know whether that's the addition of Sean Longstaff without going into the details, without getting too newcastle We saw a bit of a change today, I think, boys, if you agree, that you're starting to play a bit better football, string passes together, not give the ball away from a, from a throw-in just immediately it looked a bit more promising but i think we've still got a long long way to go and uh, it'll be really interesting the uh, the showdown on friday how do you think you've got how do you think you're set up ben for that game yeah i mean again it goes back to probably who's available but i don't think he'll um he'll change it too much i mean again if ings doesn't play for example then we've obviously got walcott on on lay now who can push up into a more attacking place and then he's got someone like nathan redmond he can bring in on the you know the wing to kind of uh, you know sort of square that circle so to speak so i think saints you know as they have all done uh, you know pretty much the last six to nine months they tend to play this four 
two, two, two. So you've obviously got the two uh, in front of the defence, which is Romeo and Ward Prowse, that tend to be the centre midfielders, and then the two in front of those, which is generally Stuart Armstrong and uh, uh, you know today it was Theo Walcott, you know, and Nathan Redmond, something like that. They tend to have a bit more fluidity, and then you've obviously got the two up front as well. So. I think we're renowned now, you know, for being this high pressing side that likes to try and make mistakes with the opposition and put them under pressure and things like that. So I'm, you know, I'm sure if I know that, Steve Bruce and his experience is going to know that. But I think Saints, you know, they've they've started to play a little bit better at home. I think that's only two defeats in thirteen now in the Premier League, which again for a club like Saints is a a decent run. So I'm sure they will come out and uh, you know try to take the game to Newcastle. But again, they need to be careful because of that pace on the counter. Mm-hmm. I think you've mentioned one player there who strikes fear into Newcastle fans when you mention his name, and that's Theo Walcott. He seems to love to oh, yep, pop up and score a goal or two against <laughs> us, especially in his Arsenal days here. He made us look silly at times. But yeah, Ben, it'd be really interesting to actually get your predictions for the match. Yeah, and we'll follow with ours. No, that world's silly, optimistic again. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, I think I probably need to be at this stage without knowing the fitness and things like that. I need to probably be a, a typical football neutral and sit on the fence here and go for a one-all draw. Comfortable on the fence, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Hodge, what do you reckon? Uh, in light of the game today against Everton, if we kind of play a little bit more ball on the ground rather than just wasting it and lumping it forward, I think I'm going to be a bit more optimistic, but I'm going to go 2-2 draw. That's not like it. Hell, that's a, that's a like real <laughs> Hodge, just for a bit of context, Ben, Hodge has gone with two consecutive losses. He has predicted that his team that he loves so much will lose the last two games. It's including all Bruce's fault. <laughs> if, if it's any consolation, uh, Hodge, uh, I tend to do the same on my podcast because whenever man. I predict Saints to win, whenever I predict them to to win, you know they always lose. So I tend to go nil one opposition side, and then I, I think I've done that the last three weeks in a row. Now we won every game. It's the reverse psychology. It works exactly. All the time. Yeah, so I, I'm a man after your heart. <laughs> Alex Gray, what do you reckon? You tend to be in the middle. You're probably going to go for a draw again, aren't you? Because you've already full named as well. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to go for a Newcastle win. I think uh, I've watching us play today, and you've mentioned a few injuries. I think we're getting lucky when we're playing some some teams in a bit in a bit of form. So, uh, and I think our defence are going to settle next week after the change in formation. So I'm going to go two nil, two nil to the tune. Bloody hell! shaking in your boots now, Ben. Um, <laughs> right. Well, okay. I'm going to be yeah. I'm going to be quite sensible this week, and I've considered this Nearly quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Hodge, don't be ridiculous. I'm going to say 7-0 to Newcastle. <laughs> uh, no, I reckon... Um, oh, I always get too, like, bought into it. I'm like, we've got one good result. Now I think we're going to win the fucking league. I think it'll be... I think it'll be another 2-1. I think it'll be 2-1 to Newcastle United. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. We'll have to touch base with you on Friday evening and see how the, who's come out on top. Um, yeah, if, if Newcastle win, don't expect a response, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Might leave it a few days, yeah. Well, it's been excellent to get your, your insight. We've we've really enjoyed speaking to you. Thanks so much for, for joining us. I think it's probably a good opportunity now for you to kind of plug your own podcast. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, yeah, I mean, we're uh, obviously a dedicated Saints podcast um, at Total Saints Pod on Twitter um, so it's myself and a, a couple of other chaps and we also have um, Dan Sheldon who's the uh, athletic correspondent for Saints as well so he joins us every week and gives us a, a bit of insight and uh, yeah I mean you can find us on all the uh, the normal sort of channels you know iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud there's a gazillion out of them out there now isn't there but uh, as I say if you want to have a listen there's uh, I think 133 episodes that uh, particularly good for uh, anyone with uh, insomnia. <laughs> That's a good sales pitch. Right. Well, that's uh, that's brilliant. Again, thanks so much for your time, Ben. I would say good luck for Friday, but I wouldn't mean it. Um, <laughs> so I'll say uh, good luck with the podcast. No, no worries. And likewise, pleasure to catch you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, man. Thanks Cheers, Ben. Much. 
Right, there we go then there's your opposition review huge thanks again to ben for his time yeah top bloke really good insight from a saint's perspective but yes we're back and we launched straight into what would we call it our, our third segment which usually means that hodgy has some quiz questions for us is that the case hodgy oh yes oh yes <laughs> oh yes Never see those adverts anymore. What was that again? Churchill. Churchill. Nodding dog. All right, then. Hodge's quiz corner, where the questions are always mint. Oh, wait. I don't have to do it with my mouth anymore. (laughs) 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 Right. Take it away, Well, we already know that Gray has been revising. Never. To try and get a head start on it. So I'm backing your wheel here. Southampton preview quiz. Questions about Southampton slash NUFC. So, question one. Southampton play at St. Mary's Stadium. But what is the capacity to the nearest thousand? Uh, I think it's quite low. Is it quite an old stadium? Um, No, it got knocked down in 2000 and rebuilt, I think, in 2001. Um, I don't know. I might go for a a tidy average, I might go around like the 25,000 mark. Will's going yeah. 25. Gray. I was going to go to the lower. I was thinking like 21, 22,000. I thought Gray was going to do that. I was thinking 24,999. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure it's in there. It's actually 32,384 oh, wow. seats. 32,000? Mad! Yeah. That's yeah. only 20,000 less than ours. <laughs> That's like a whole stadium left than ours. Not that that as much at the minute, though. So thirty-two thousand. I get a lot more than that. Yeah. Mm. I didn't think it was going to be that big. I thought I was going to guess about twenty-seven thousand. If I was, uh, if If you didn't already know the answer, that's what I was thinking (laughs) when I was like googling it and stuff. I was thinking about twenty-seven. Then I was like, ah, twenty-thirty-two. That's fine. Question two then. Ex Southampton legend Matt Latissier has had a notable yeah. penalty record of scoring 47 out of 48 pens, 24 goals out of 25 goals in the Premier League. This puts him fourth in the most penalties scored. Can you tell me the top three oh. in the Premier League? Top. You can do any order. You can do one, two, three, or you can do three, two, one, whatever you want to do. Spot. Scored, over, scored over 24 goals. So yeah, I'm just going to yeah, start with Shearer. He's got to be up there. Shearer is number uno. Oh, there you go. Uh, 56 out of 67, given a percentage of 83%. Fucking hell, that's mad. Um, pressures for diamonds, Will. Pressures for diamonds. Uh, no, pressure makes diamonds, man. Pressure makes diamonds. Is that what pressures I said? for tyres. Ah, nah, you fucked it up. There you go. Anyway, uh, I think that our mate Wazaruni might be up there as well. Nope. Oh. He's not top three. I think he was sixth in the list, I think, out of top ten. Right, so Shearer. Uh, I think you're going to what? Robin Van Persie? Nope. Hmm. We'll probably need to go a bit older, do we? Or they're. It's probably. Well, they're obviously going to be two fucking obvious ones we're not thinking of, Grey. They are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it just gives the listeners at home more of a chance to think of their it answers, does, really. Um, can't go getting them all immediately right do you every hint? time. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm flagging. Yeah, I'm flagging now. They're both managers Don't... currently in the Premier League. Frank Lampard. 
Yes, Lampard. Oh, Stevie Gerrard. Number two, and Stevie Gerrard is number three. Yeah. Stevie Gerrard's had 32 goals out of 41 penalties. Lampard has had 43 out of 50. And then obviously Shearer in, in first place with 56 out of 66. Fuck, it's so easy when you know the answers, isn't it? Isn't it just? <laughs> Mad. Okay. Um, yeah, nice so not, not bad on that. You got them all. Uh, Thanks very much. Question three. We all know Big Joe Linton's Newcastle's most expensive transport at 39.6 million. <laughs> most people <laughs> rounded up. <laughs> yeah. But which, well, I'm just trying to be accurate. You know, we got called out on this last time. You know, someone be like, oh, my oh actually, yeah. it's 39.6. Oh. Oh. Um, but which player is Southampton's most expensive transfer to date? Ooh. I've got some hints for you. Ah, fuck it. I won't need it. I'll get it. I'll, sm- I'll smash it first time, I reckon. You reckon? All right. No. I have no idea. Is it. Um, it's not that Salisu lad, is it? Nope. Ginepro? Nope. <laughs> uh, it's got to be like a, a recent player, like really recent. Da, 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 da. Come on, Joined man. in 2018 from Borussia Mönchengladbach for 22.5 mil. Borussia Mönchengladbach to yeah. Southampton? Yeah. Oh, is it... Um, It's the centre-half, isn't it? It's that uh, Yannick Vestergaard. It is, yeah. Oh, right. yes, lad! Yannick Vestergaard. I've been spending too much time on fucking fantasy football on FIFA, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yannick Vestergaard, he was the most expensive transfer. Question four. Newcastle to Southampton is the longest away day in the Prem this year. How many miles is it to drive? Yeah, Gray's like Rain Man for this kind of shit. He'll get it. He'll probably get it first time to the new fucking hundred meters, I think. Uh, can you it, say takes, that? it takes about five hours and fifteen minutes to drive, according to Google. Oh, sick! It's not as far as I thought. Then um, I'm going to do that thing where you go with like really elongated words. So I'm going to be like three <laughs> three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sick. Okay. Well, that's the right hundred. Gray. Three hundred ninety. Three ninety. Will. Three eight nine. I was going to say three hundred and sixty. Three hundred and twenty-two point three miles. Oh, oh really? That's not very far. Yeah, point. <laughs> it's not very far. Go on, jog it. Go on. See how long it takes. 322.3 miles. The longest trip at the minute you can make in the Prem. There's a geography section done. Geography. Uh, question five. NUFC versus Southampton have had 100 games to date. Who has the best record? I'll give you the record. The record's win 40, draw 23, lost 37. So it's tight. Close. Can I have to get Newcastle? Just given our recent record against them. Yeah, I was going to get Newcastle as well. And you'd be foolish to not do that. Newcastle United have won more <laughs> games. <laughs> we tried to do that. <laughs> of course yeah, it's going to be Newcastle, man. You rascal. <laughs> uh, you know when you said, like, win 40, that was like, what, are you just giving it away now? How does that work? The uh, easy pickings on Friday, obviously based on that record, if everything was done on paper, they'd be, we'd be fucking smoking them. I think it's uh, we're only on that record because, it, like you just said in that last segment, We've won on the last six occasions, I think, against Southampton or something like that. So it's probably already done as a favour <laughs> or not That's lost anyway. Mad. Good question, Hodge. Cheers, man. See, is that it? No matter. How, yeah, well, only five questions. Yeah. I right, so well done, lads. Uh, hopefully, we can get as many goals as you did points against uh, Southampton. He's been working on his little uh, comment things, hasn't he, Gray? Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> Mate, you can I'm tell he's an actual quiz master. Off the cuff, man. You know how it goes. It just comes naturally to you. You're just a born entertainer, man. Thanks very much, Hodge. That was a great little quiz. Yes, yes, Hodge. Enjoying these. Hey, brother. Man, 
You got to keep it, keep up the Despite same level. Despite there was of, uh, no uh, crashing on Shearer, though. Well, there was. He was number one for the Prem- the Premier League's most scored penalties. Will you stop ignoring Shearer, Gray? For God's sake, you did it in the opposition <laughs> review as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that brings us to a nice natural end. Probably a good point as well, because we can actually hear the rain on Gray's window. Thanks for that, Gray. Have a word, yeah. Um, <laughs> looking forward to it. I think probably misplaced optimism again for Friday, but let's hope we can bag ourselves another result. Thanks again for your time. We've enjoyed uh, we've enjoyed recording again. Remember, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts. All the platforms. All the platforms like. So really no excuse to not listen to us, really. If you do have two or three seconds, please go and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You don't actually believe how helpful it is for us. Um, and we would really, really appreciate it. If you want to find us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast or TOTT Podcasting. Gray, I'm going to smash your face in when I see you. All I hear is rustling in the background. <laughs> One face smashing coming your way. Um, but then, Thanks. there you go. Nice. <laughs> Nice jolly end to the podcast. Yeah, again, we had a jolly start and a jolly end. Yeah, whatever. That's it from me. I'm going to stop talking. Thanks again for your time, lads. Hey, brother. Cheers for having us. Cheers for having you. We all do the podcast together. It's not my podcast that I invite you to. <laughs> so formal. It's just He's just too polite, you can tell. There you go. We'll stop talking and just play the music. <laughs> I'll just play the music. Yeah, it's coming in now. Uh, now. Bye. Uh, now. <laughs> Bye. Oh, me lads. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.